love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. She was always hopeful. She was stoic. There was sadness, but there was never points in time of depression. There was never points in time in her of anger. She just got up every day and did everything that she could. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Today's love story belongs to Candy and Donnie. In the midst of a beautiful romance, Candy was suddenly hit with the diagnosis of cervical cancer. Sadly, she died a month after their wedding, but she made sure it was a happy ending. Hi, Donnie. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for joining us today. I am so looking forward to you telling us about your love affair with a mermaid. <laughs> it's magical. It definitely felt that way. Tell me how it started. Well, like any modern day dating story, it started with POF. Plenty of Fish is an online dating app that people put up profiles and then you can send each other messages and introduce yourself. And, and there was a few uh, dialogue boxes going back and forth of me encouraging her to go on a date with me. But that didn't work. And I was, I guess, brushed off to the side and I had no contact with her for about another six weeks or so. And then uh, I had a friend that said that I should meet this lady on a blind date. And I was like, okay, sure. Let's go meet on a, we'll go to the coffee shop. And then when I showed up to the coffee shop, it was candy. Wow. I like your sense of adventure. <laughs> no hesitation about blind dates. Um, it depends on what friend wants to set me up. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Truer words were never said. Okay. Tell me about your memories of walking into that coffee shop. Well, when I, I walked into the coffee shop and, I had already seen pictures of her on POF, which I remembered vividly because she has this long red wavy hair and I immediately recognized her and I walked up and I said, so you must be Candy. And she says, and you're Donnie? And I said, yeah, I am. And she didn't recognize me from earlier conversations. And uh, we just kind of started talking to do on a date. There was definitely chemistry and there was an attraction there. Absolutely. Um, when we ended the date, which is about an hour later, she had to go to work. Um, we, we made plans to go and have dinner the next night. Well, that's a pretty good uh, sign of success for sure. So where did it go from there? This love story? Well, there's family involved too. So Candy has kids and I both have kids, but her kids were out of, uh, out of town. They were down in Mexico visiting grandma at the time. So, we kind of had this week to get to know each other and uh, we kind of jumped. We went for dinner at the sushi place and um, she's celiac. And so I had to kind of re-educate myself to make suggestions and order for someone. And um, we just talked about our 
what we did for a living and we talked a little bit about our kids and we talked about where we're at in life and we both kind of said that we enjoyed each other's company at that point in time and um that weekend so that was on a wednesday night and then that weekend we were i was headed over to vancouver for some work reasons and uh i suggested that she come over and hang out in vancouver with me and she said yes Wow, that's fantastic. So things were moving along pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we went into Vancouver and I, I, I built fences and decks for a living and I bought my cedar. And then um, we spent the, the night having dinner in uh, Langley and we both got separate hotel rooms. Um, and uh, we went to the... the it's closed now. We went to the country Western bar there and we did two step and danced and had a couple drinks and just enjoyed each other's company and went home after the club closed and got up the next day. We rolled some separate rooms and we went and had breakfast and spent the whole Saturday together. The plan was to come back and um, get my work done and it just got put off and we spent the whole day together. And then Sunday morning, we both took the ferry back to Victoria. And I guess we, at that point in time, we were kind of set that we were going to date. <laughs> I can almost, when you talk about that, I can almost see the wind blowing in her hair on the ferry. And it sounds like <laughs> quite a whirlwind romance. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, there was trepidation probably from both of us because we both had kids and figuring what logistics were out and uh but we we pretty much spent every day together that we that we could to um uh enjoy one another's company um there was no kids in that week involved so we spent when, when we weren't working we spent we spent dinners together and evenings and walks and yeah wow and how quickly did things progress in terms of commitment um well it wasn't for lack of wanting um it was always sitting there in the question but it was i i'm, I'm not sure yet i'm not there. like so we kind of procrastinated on one of us saying yes first and uh, it took about a five weeks it was five weeks and then it was like, hey, we should just be exclusive. Uh, took and date so and saying yes to what? Saying yes to being boyfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that, that uh, you know, you sort of have to feel it out and you're always guessing how the other person feels. And it's great when you can just say it out loud. Okay, where are we? Well, when we both said that, yeah, let's be boyfriend, girlfriend. It was like, well, we should have said that three weeks ago. We should have said that earlier or sooner, but. It just happened that way. Um, the well, we dated again for the rest of the summer. We moved in together in October of that year. All right, and then somebody proposed at some point, but as I understand it, it wasn't you. No. So in this, after a year of dating, the conversation came up of marriage, and she said that she wasn't thinking about getting married again but and I said well I wasn't really thinking of getting married again but and then it turned into a conversation going well if we did get married what would it look like and then 
um, um, there was there was some stops through the mall of looking through jewelry stores and and we kind of talked about what kind of ring she wanted and what kind of wedding she wanted and and then it was December 19th 2018 um and we were we just came back in from a date because we have date nights all the time and then we had all the kids at home too and we went into our bedroom and candy was very decorative in our very lush bedroom that we enjoyed spending our time in and she said this is a very intimate spot that we turn around and share our days and we share our um intimate moments and we share like this is our our little place of solitude and she said i want to say something to you and i'm like okay and then she pulled out a ring and proposed to me and she says you don't even have to give me an answer right now and i said yes i do yeah I the answer is yeah <laughs> that's a beautiful story did you tell the kids right away yeah we sure did yeah we haven't kept much from the kids right away yeah <laughs> i got to show off the fact that i got a diamond <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing unfortunately you know life life serves up uh very different plans than we have made often and that's what happened in your case i understand and i wish that candy could be on this call i'm sure i don't wish it as much as you do but i'd love to know from you what happened next in terms of the tough turn well, we went through another year and we we took all of our kids for a trip to Mexico. There was still um, one daughter of hers that was going to private school and living at grandma and grandpa's in Mexico and she was graduating. So we made the big sacrifice and spent all the money and took all of our kids, six of them, to, uh, to Mexico to go see this graduation. And Candy was very set on setting a date to get married and it was still, um, well, you know, if we're going to do it right, let's have, we got to save up some money. And we went to a wedding show and I was like, what do you like? And, you know, like we finished off at the wedding show and we we're kind of like sitting in the ballpark of having $30,000 to get married with. And that was always the kind of sticking point to us wanting to do it right. And um, so we, we we kind of fast forward and we get the diagnosis uh, uh, later later in 2019 um, at the end of November and um, it was sad and we came home and we told the kids right away but we were still at that stage where this is something that we can beat and this is what the news is and um, we're gonna have this surgery and then we're gonna do chemo and then we're gonna do radiation and you know you have an, you're gonna have an 80% success rate at it so. It was very hopeful. Um, it was a bit scary, but uh, um, she was able to, the, the, the job that she had, she worked for Lehigh Hansen, Ocean Concrete. She was a ready mix driver. She had very good benefits. So she was able to really focus on healing and uh, spend time and be around the kids and spend time and be around me. Um, and we went through that treatment together and I drove her to her appointments and, um, we we finished off and she says when this is all done I we're getting married like this this we've been putting it off long enough 
And I was like, I don't have the money and the resources to do this yet. So just hold off a little bit. And then COVID all came into play and all that stuff hit up. And um, we took a trip uh, back to um, her hometown of Ottawa in uh, late August, beginning of September to go and talk, meet with her dad. Uh, I'd never met him before to go and uh, meet with aunts and uncles and her family and show me where she grew up. Um, and it was, it was like a little mini honeymoon on with her. Um, and we uh, came back from Ontario and she says, we're getting married next summer and we need to set a date so we can plan this. And I was like, okay, July, August, like it's going to be busy. Let me make some phone calls and, who I know that might be able to turn around and help us put this thing together. And um, the symptoms of her uh, cancer came back. And we went to the doctors and they ran some tests and did all that other stuff. And she had a big recurrence and that's when we got the bad news and they wanted to do another surgery. They wanted to remove uh, more um, her area of her cervix and they wanted to remove bladder and they gave her 18 months. So, uh, we did the surgery. Wow. And then, um, the opportunity came up for us to go for this alternative treatment in Mexico and they'd given up on her here. Like they was just like, we'll do palliative chemo, but you got 18 months to live. That's it. So we jumped at the opportunity and the help and support from our friends and family. And we spent nine weeks in Tijuana fighting her cancer. And um, what was her mindset then, Donnie? Oh, man, she was so strong. She was never depressed. It was set that we were going to beat this, that we were going to, um, that even even if like, it was never far from the conversation that you know cancer kills and that she could die but she just never let her get it down and she didn't act depressed on yeah I, I don't know every day she got up to turn around and live her life and she was spending time with her kids and we spent time playing cards and her mom came moved up here in that time and spent lots of time with the family and um she was her heart was dead set that that wedding was going to happen in the summer and we got another wrench thrown in the plans because now we're going to go to Mexico and we're going to spend our money and everybody else's money to do it. And, uh, she was always hopeful. She was, uh, stoic. Um, there was, there, there was sadness, but there was never points in time of depression. Um, there was never points in time in her of anger. Hmm. Um, she just got up every day and did everything that she could. Uh, we were down there for nine weeks. And when we, when we left, well, what do you think kept her going? Um, she has a strong faith, um, in God and Jesus. And, um, one, one of the conversations we had is she doesn't understand what God's plan is, but he has a plan and she accepts that. Um, the fact that the relationship that we had 
which was almost to the day of five years, um, we, we, we worked together, we showed respect for each other, we carried on intimate, we didn't turn around and let the challenges that we faced in our life day to day get us down. We didn't, we, we, we fought with teenagers, we fought with parents to get kids home. We, we, you know, I run my own business and there's been challenges with that. And she changed her jobs and had some injuries at work. And like, but there was never any time where we, she would, I would sleep on the couch or drive off mad. And it was always, there would always be an expression of gratitude for me being in her life and gratitude and us both saying to each other that our lives are better because we're both in it, no matter what we have to face. And that carried on even through her illness. That's beautiful. And I can't help but think that uh, it must have been an incredible gratitude that you both felt when you experienced the love of your family and friends, as you say, who came together to help support you through that financially when you went to Tijuana to try to go for that last ditch effort. Yeah, it was, I'm not, I'm not typically a crier or an emotional guy and just people reaching out and helping it, it, it hit my heart. Yeah, well, I certainly understand that. The kindness of others is often what touches us most. And it sounds like you've been surrounded by love, and she was in her journey. So you came back from Tijuana, and that unfortunately didn't work. Um, when was the decision made that you would get married? Oh, <laughs> this is putting things out into the universe now. So um, we got back from, she had a, a rough week in the last week in Tijuana. Um, we didn't know at the time, but the cancer had spread to her intestine and she wasn't able to digest food and stuff. And it was 10 o'clock at night. And I got this random text message from this lady and she'd been following her story. Excuse me. And she said, Hey, I don't know you, but I've been following your story and I don't want to be intrusive and just ignore me if you want to. But I noticed that on your profiles, you guys say you're engaged. And she said, you know, do you, if we can make it happen, do you guys want to get married? And I, I was crying <laughs> and it was uh 1030 at night mm -hmm. and I called candy and she was asleep. So she didn't answer the phone. And I was like, oh man, what do I do? What do I, what do I say? Like, I haven't turned around and checked in with her. Like, and then I just went back to the, the message. I read it like three times. I screenshotted it. I sent it to some friends. It took about 15 minutes. And I just like yelling in the, my typing going, yes, yes, we'll take it. We can do this. Can we do this? And then she said, awesome. And she said, she'll make it happen. And uh, she phoned me and she said, what colors do you want? Um, where do you want to do this? And what day do you want to do this? And I said, let's do this Monday. And um, we, they, they, they did everything. They, they, they put it all together. <laughs> so was she, I was thinking she was a minister, but was she a wedding planner? Lily Kennedy uh, makes wedding dress. She's a seamstress. And she followed our story. She lives in our community. Wow. And I posted 
our trip to Tijuana and our fight with cancer to share with everybody that helped support us to get there. And uh, she was just one of the people that lived in our community that followed the posts that I shared for the nine weeks we were gone. Wow. And she put it all together. Yeah. She put out on her Facebook what she wanted to do. So I said, yes, she put it out on her Facebook and 1030 at night. And within half an hour, she had 80 responses of people wanting to help. So, uh, wow. She came, and what did Candy say when she found out? Um, she, she, she cried. She was excited. She was, yeah, let's do this. Let's. <laughs> so what can you tell me about that day? We had to limit the people we could have in the room because we we're only allowed 10 and her dad flew out from Ontario with his wife and her mom was here with her husband and we have all these kids and we have a best man and a best bridesmaid. And so we were trying to turn around and who do we not include and who do we include? And this is about us. Let's just do this. Like, this is fine. This is what's going to happen. So we just made it all happen. And she was excited and she was tickle pink about it. When she got home on Friday, there was concern. We weren't even sure if she was going to make it to Monday because it was rough on her in the hospital being away from everybody and everything. But no, she pulled through and Monday morning rolled around and they mm -hmm. came in and they decorated the room and they left. And then two people showed up and fixed her hair and did her makeup and put her dress on. Like Lily showed up with eight different wedding dresses and said, here, try these on and pick one and you can keep which one you want to keep. She didn't have any in her stock. Wedding stores turned around and donated their things. And uh, so, yeah. She got all dressed up and we, we, it, it, uh, it was, it was, I wasn't anxious. I was excited. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't, this was going to be streamed. Like Lily arranged for the videographer, the photographers, the wedding cake, the decorations, the, the, the flower, the, I don't, if she it probably cost $30,000 to put together what she, what she did. And, and watching my bride walk down the stairs, she was so beautiful. And knowing that I could give her the gift of what she wanted and that we were going to get married. It was, uh, it was an incredible feeling. When you look back, how do you feel she impacted your life? Can you put it into words? I, oh, wow. Um, I've been married before and I've been in relationships before, obviously. And there was always this work element of things. And, you know, you spend your time together as a family at the end of the day. And But Candy taught me to make time for each other and we had date nights and we, the activities we turned around and participated in with our friends was, you know, like everything was always included. And, you know, I, I've been on road trips up Island for three days with the kids and everything, but I've never really been on a trip. And she was like, let's go on a holiday. I didn't know she had never been on a holiday until after we got back, but um, 
it was, let's go do this together. Let's go. And I'm like, well, we can't afford it. We can't. And I'd be making excuses for why not to do it. And she's like, let's make this time together. And we just, all that time that we spend together, we just got to connect. And it's what so many couples miss when they get burdened with what life throws at them. And they miss being able to spend time with each other and just connect, um, to share in conversation, to, uh, to be intimate with each other, to not have any disruptions from life, kids' life, just the focus, the number one thing, the number one lesson was that our relationship was first. And if our relationship is strong, then we will be able to build a strong family. It was always this openness and to, to make sure that we were strong and that we connected and that we, and when we didn't connect, then it's time to turn around and go on a trip and take three days together. And let's go to Harrison hot Springs and let's go to Parksville and let's make sure that we connect. And that's how it all, that's what I learned from her. Put our relationship first. Do you feel like candy is walking through your days with you? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Without it. Yeah. Like I have moments in my days and it's like, Oh, and then I'll burst out in tears or something or, or I'll have to write something and turn around and express it on my Facebook post. But, um, the, 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 the most part of the calmness of me sitting here trying to manage my household and, make sure my children are cared for and make sure that things are getting running into place the way that they are. And, you know, I, I, I've been off work and I went back to work this week and it's just one foot in front of the other. And if she wasn't with me, I, I would probably not make it through most days right now. How will having loved and lost candy change you going forward? Do you think? my 18 months, 19 months that I had in, in dealing with the world of cancer, um, has shown me so many things that every single patient, every single individual has holes in their care, whether they're in Canada, the U S or Mexico for the three places that I got and Europe, we saw people from India there and Belize and England and Spain. And so talking to them and their journey through cancer and talking like with the experiences that we had and how everything there's, there's holes in cancer patients care. And, and it's on my heart to help people. And I'm going to start up a charity in candy's memory and I'm going to go out and help every cancer patient I can. That's like taking all the love that was shown to Candy and you and paying it forward. Thank you for being so open-hearted and sharing your story and Candy's story with us today. It means a lot. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. 
Love starts here. This podcast is made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.